Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angsted, credentialed media member at MavsFanatic.com. And I am joined, as always, by my also credentialed editor, of the Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? What do I have for you? Are you ready to put on your Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban hats? We're gonna <laughs> what would fun. a Mark Cuban hat look like? I've never seen Mark Cuban wear a hat. Cowboy hat. I saw that. <laughs> that old picture. Yeah. So, all right. Today, what we're going to do is, this is the Locked On. This is a bonus episode. Bonus episode of Locked On. Ooh. We're still going to give you your regular five. This is an extra one we're going to throw in there because we had a Locked On draft. And we are going to go through the trades and the picks that we made in full. So if you're listening to us coming from uh, Lockdown NBA, thanks so much for joining us. We are Lockdown Mavs. We talk about the Mavericks uh, and the NBA in context of a Mavs fan and of the Mavericks as a team. So we do talk a lot of like general NBA. Most of it is through the, the scope of a Mavs fan and from our perspective in the Mavs locker room, you know, every single game and a lot of practices and different things like that so we do go into the visitors locker room you shared a story that we're not allowed to tell <laughs> in a visitors locker room like we've had experiences with other players but mostly just from a Mavericks perspective so that's what we're all about thanks for joining us uh, subscribe if you haven't before on iTunes or on audio boom and uh, but today we're talking about the the locked on draft so the Mavericks started we started the day <laughs> with the the ninth pick and this was a draft that got put together by uh, David Locke and Jake Madison of, of Locked On NBA, Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for putting that together. And so all of us Locked On hosts, these are all credentialed guys. These are all guys that have you know have been to games, that have followed this team, that are locked, basically locked in on these teams. And they were the ones making the picks. So it's not just like a couple fans that you know have written for a, you know some blog somewhere. Like these are guys that actually know what they're talking about. David Locke handpicked these guys, and uh, so this is so this is how the draft ended up and every you know podcast basically got to make their pick and we could do trades if we wanted to and we wanted to <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was it was really fun because like nick just said these are le- like legit people who cover the team every day so they're plugged in to i don't think they're making it based off like sources but like these these yeah. are people that cover the, i mean literally get paid to cover the team every day so yeah and it was it was open like hey we're gonna start this thing you're on the clock you can make trades. So there were reporters. We were all like riding yeah. back and forth, throwing deals at each other. It felt like kind of a uh, if you're like a nerd with that stuff, then you would love it. So yeah, it we was, were loving it. it yeah, was it was super nerdy. We just had, we just had random people like the, uh, you know, the Knicks guy would be like, "All right, the the seventh pick and whoever you want besides Porzingis is on the block right now for the next 15 minutes." And then people yeah. would like email him offers or like you know DM him. Or I was whatever. like eating dinner with my wife and <laughs> Nick texts and I'm texting him and we're like, "Well, Detroit's offering something. Like, what do you think about this in Portland?" And we totally nerded out on this. This yeah. was, it was super fun for us. It was fun. Um, we did this with the sports business classroom in Vegas with a uh, Larry Coon's business classroom with the, all the cap stuff. And these are all oh, man. 
you think we are cap nerds. Like I was the least cap nerdy person that was there. I was in the broadcast track and people were in like the deep dive salary cap. These are like Nate Duncan, Danny LaRue, who were both there, by the way, (laughs) like level guys that were super into the cap. And we did a mock for like three hours. We did a mock off season and we all picked, we all had teams and oh my gosh, it was, it was super fun. fun. I was part of the Lakers team and we ended up trading like, Almost our entire roster. <laughs> just like, we ended up with like Avery Bradley and Jimmy Butler and like oh, this random like man. We ended up with all these random guys uh, and ended up with a pretty good team. So um, yeah, so we had we had tons of fun with this. So let's just go through the picks. Like let's just go through which picks were made and uh, and then once we get to the Mavericks, we'll go ahead and talk about which um, we'll talk about which trades we actually made. So the Celtics went first. It was. Very quick. <laughs> the Celtics yeah. picked Markel Fultz. It was the first pick that was made. It was literally made within 15 minutes of the of the initial email by David Locke getting sent out. And then the Lakers one took a while. And it was my friend Harrison, uh, Harrison Fagan from, uh, from Silver Screen and Roll and also Locked on Lakers. And uh, he, he took forever, like like a couple days. He was waiting to well, – I think David Locke said yeah. you know, he went to Lonzo's workout at, at for the Lakers. And they were waiting to see it. And then uh, he responds, like, the next day after his work, like, the same day as his workout, like, the Lakers are taking Paul. And I just, <laughs> I just emailed back to him, oh, shocker. Like, thanks, thanks, man, for making us wait all that time. Yeah. Then the uh, the 76ers guy ended up not making his pick, and uh, Jake Madison made the pick for him, but I think it's pretty fair. Josh Jackson went to them. Yeah. Um, it's Keith Pompey is the, the guy that does Locked On Sixers, and he's yeah. a big Josh Jackson fan. So yeah. uh, the Suns at four, they offered us a couple of trades. They did. Um, they yeah. wanted to do a deal around Eric Bledsoe for the ninth pick, and in a vacuum, that's a great deal. But for the Mavericks, not necessarily. We we talked about this on our we talked about this a couple pods ago. But if you haven't listened to that, um, having Eric Bledsoe, Wes Matthews, Harrison Barnes, and Nerlens would be an awesome defensive lineup, and yeah. put Dorian Finney-Smith in there too as like a, that's a lineup that can switch basically anything. You know, Eric Bledsoe is a, a tough sucker. Like that guy. You know, could guard wants to guard anybody and can and will, and uh, that would be a super fun defensive lineup to watch. Offensively, and as far as where the Mavericks are going and the direction they're going, that's not something that the Mavericks want to do. So we ended up turning that down. Uh, but the Suns went with Jonathan Isaac, which I thought was fascinating because last year they picked Bender and Marquise Chris in mm-hmm. the top in the top eight, basically like in the top ten. Two yeah. picks. They have, they're basically where the Kings are last year, <laughs> or yeah. the Kings are this year is where the Suns were last year. So they went with Jonathan Isaac. Um, did that surprise you at all? Like it did to me. I mean, it surprised me a little bit, but but Isaac's one of those guys that people just freak out about length right now. Yeah, and yeah. to where like I mean, such a Bucks player. Literally you know? like, <laughs> anywhere from anywhere from three to you know eight, he could go. Like. Yeah. I don't know how his fit would be in Philly, but it's just his length at being a 6'10", 6'11", it just intrigues a ton of people. And he played wing last year. So, I mean, it surprised me some, but if they want to play Chris at center some in in Phoenix. Or Bender at center even, eventually. And they could put, you know, Isaac on the wing or at the four. So, yeah. Uh, The Kings went next, and the Kings picked De'Aaron Fox. Um, Who made that pick? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure who made that pick for the Kings, but uh, then Harrison responded, "Is the player still available if they if the, the original pick had his name misspelled?" And I thought that was so funny because they spelled it D 
apostrophe a r r a o n yeah <laughs> like not instead of De'Aaron. Nice anyway guys. that was just uh, formality whatever but so they picked De'Aaron fox not a surprise no the magic next we we mentioned this in our dennis smith profile that they could pot- potentially go for him and they did they yeah. went with dennis smith uh it's an interesting pick for me but that's something i think that's that's a risk that they should take i i can't i don't think the maverick the magic should go with like a lori markin in or you know they need a guy that has upside that could you know, eventually be an all-star for him. I'm pretty sure that he's had two workouts or two set-down meetings with Orlando, too. So that's definitely a possibility. Yep. The Timberwolves, also, their pick was made by Jake Madison instead of the locked-on Wolves guys, uh, and Malik Monk went there. And I, we were getting trade offers at that point. Before the Wolves picked, we were like, man, if Monk or Tatum drops to us at nine. that Yeah, that, that was, would that be was awesome. where it's, after Orlando picked, that was a decision point for us because Monk and Tatum were – we're still on the board with two picks in front of us. Yeah, so we were like, man. So we were already texting saying, okay, neither one of them are like ideal perfect fits, you would say, but it would be talent that if they lasted till nine, you just take it and make it work. Of course. And we didn't get to that point. <laughs> no, we didn't. So the the T Wolves went with Monk, and I was like, dang it, if they would have gone with Markinen, that would have we would have been in the driver's seat. Like that would have been a great spot. I think we would have gotten better trades if we were in that spot too. Yeah. Um, so Monk went to the to Timberwolves. I don't think that's a great fit for them, but you know it's whatever. Yeah. Um, they should just go with the talent anyway for for them. The Knicks went with Jason Tatum. Not a surprise. Um, a solid pick. Yeah. Solid pick for them, especially if they unload Melo. Not Knicksy at all. But that pick was very available. Um, we thought about moving up to it, but I, we don't want to give up just to move up one spot. So. And I'll say this: if Tatum lasts until nine. You have to put it on the block if you're Dallas to see what you yeah, can get. Yep. I mean, at nine, there could be some teams down there that could pay a really hefty price. Like the Blazers? Can you imagine? To, like the Blazers could would probably give more than what we got, you know? I don't even know what, you know, if, I don't know. But I could t- see him playing for the Blazers. Like, what if the Blazers gave you all three first round picks that they have for him? That because they were going after like Chandler Parsons last year and they wanted Paul George and, you know, like yeah. they really want a wing guy. And if they, you know, like I could see that as a possibility. Tatum and Seth Curry for McCollum. Mavericks, I would do that definitely. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. So so they went with Jason Tatum, and then yeah. we're here at nine, and we ended up making a trade. So ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So trade gets made. We, I was already talking to Duncan Smith from Detroit. Lockdown Pistons. With lockdown, yeah, lockdown Pistons, and you know the news that came out Detroit was looking for a win now veteran all that stuff so it kind of started with hey is there something that we could do along the lines of of West Matthews for the 12th and you know salaries would have to match up so we talked about John Lewis keeping the, our pick like we wanted we wanted to keep 9 yes, and then yes. get 12 we so, wanted to come away with at least two guys yes and I I'll, I'll I'll get to my what happened with the ninth but so anyway start off with that and you know they turned it down. He's like, I don't know, you know, I don't, you know, salary matching up, you know, taking back West and all that stuff. He said, so then he wrote and said, but I do really like Seth Curry and I like his fit in Detroit. And we're like, so do we. <laughs> I was like, okay, and but um, you know, whatever. So then I asked about Stanley Johnson, and Stanley Johnson was what the seventh, eighth pick a yeah, year eighth ago, pick two years, two, ago. two years ago. And so then we reached this like kind of middle ground of Stanley Johnson in the 12th pick for Seth Curry in the 9th pick because Detroit loves marketing. They wanted to get up to 9 to get marketing still on the board and Dallas would move back, you know, obviously three spots. So, at that point, I was on board. Right. And I was ready to pull the trigger 
I text Nick. We start talking about it because I love Stanley Johnson. I love what Stanley Johnson could be in today's game. And his contract is longer and somehow cheaper than Seth Curry's. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. longer. He's younger. And, you know, he's more upside. Yeah, and we might lose Seth for nothing, and we're only moving back. He's three on a third year's rookie deal. Yeah, and we'd be moving back three spots with this in mind if we still won the point guard. You know, and I knew Detroit was taking Markinen, so that leaves 10 and 11 because we'd be moving back three spots. So that'd leave just two picks, and Nilakina and Donovan Mitchell's still on the board. So mindset yeah. is okay, <laughs> we can move back, switch out Seth for Stanley Johnson, and get maybe, you know, get Mitchell or Nilakina. So then I text Nick. Nick wasn't completely on board. No, not not initially. I'm very high on Seth. At this, you know, for I, Seth or <laughs> Seth and nine Steph. for Stanley. Seth is like the one way you can't say that name. I, I watched him celebrate <laughs> last night. So, oh, man. but so yeah. So, so then it was like. So then Duncan wrote back and said, "Hey, well, what can, what can we do to make this trade happen?" So I looked at the roster and I was like, "Man, it'd be really nice if they could take Dwight Powell." And yeah. <laughs> so I looked at the roster. I know Marcus Morris is, might not be perfect, but Marcus Morris makes $5 million a year. Yeah, he's, he, he's signed on for two more guaranteed years, $5 million this next coming season, and $5.4 million a year after that. And Dwight Powell's on the books for three more years at around nine. Yeah. So, and 10, 10 towards the end. But. So, yeah, saves us a little money. So I offered that deal, and I talked to Nick about it first. Nick was like, yeah, if he does that, you know, if he would do that, then I'd be on board. And, so we we pulled the trigger. We made the Especially trade. Especially seeing that, like, that thinking that Nilekina could potentially drop or Mitchell. You know, yeah, because it also played into, and this is something that to keep in mind in the real draft too. Because if if Fox goes to Sacramento, this wasn't the real draft. <laughs> Dang, I wish this was the Shut real up, draft. Man. We came away with some good stuff. <laughs> if you know, if Sacramento goes with a guard at five, which they should. You know, they're most likely not going to go with yeah, the guard. Yeah, because you have the backcourt there with Heald and Fox. Like that's yeah. So if Dallas, for some reason, down. did move back to Charlotte or Detroit's spot, it's not the end of the world of gra- not grabbing Nilekina, possibly. So, so anyway, we pulled the trigger. It was Seth Curry, Dwight Powell, and the ninth overall pick to move back three spots and get Stanley Johnson and Marcus Morris in the 12th. And pick. Marcus Morris is leaps and bounds better than Dwight Powell. <laughs> And cheaper, and his no contract comment. his contract is shorter. So, I mean, maybe not leaps and bounds. Dwight Powell is pretty good leaper. I don't know. Leaps but, and bounds is uh, solid. But he can hit a three, and he can play defense, and yeah, you know, like he can function in an offense that is pretty good. But yeah, so and he's twenty seven, so he's a veteran. You know, come in and I don't know. I think I would do that deal. Yeah, and and you're not doing this deal to get Marcus Morris. Let me make that clear. No. You're doing it to get the twelfth pick, which is great. And Stanley Johnson, which is the eighth pick two years ago. So you're getting two first, basically two first round picks in this draft. A guy that is, you know, coming in. Stanley Johnson is 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so he would be the youngest member on the Mavericks coming in. Yeah. And uh, so I, this was a great deal for us. I think. Fans, if you're listening, tell us if our GM hats on that trade was. Yeah. So you're flipping. Good. You flip. You're, you're moving down three spots. You're flipping Seth Curry and Stanley Johnson, and then you're flipping Marcus Morris and Dwight Powell. We we lost a bunch of salary in this in this move, which was awesome. Yeah, uh, it enabled us actually to gain some salary in the next deal that we do. Yeah, um, so we lost. We probably we probably got rid of about five million dollars of contract next year, which is pretty good. Also, with the the twelfth pick and the ninth pick, that uh, that gives you a little more salary cap space as well. 
It's a little bit different. Not not a ton different. It's not like a couple million or anything. But it's another young player. But it's another young player. Um, I'm just talking about cap wise. Oh yeah. You know, and then um, Seth and Stanley Johnson's deals are basically the same. Three million. Seth's twenty six. Stanley's. So then after us. Um, so Detroit takes marketing. Yeah, Detroit goes up and takes marketing. After this, the Kings go with OG and Anobi. Let's and, go. And, and Isaac was very happy with that. I was surprised. I was like, man, us For hashtag we the media is very high in OG and Anobi. And uh, I'm not sure if draft guys or like if actual decision makers are going to be. For Sacramento to come high. out with Fox and OG, to go with Buddy Hield and Scal and Collie Stein and Big Papa and. Oh. Fox, OG, and Kali Stein. Man, oh. that's a pretty good defensive. I mean, I got a, I got a good. I have a good uh, friend that lives in Sacramento. And then eleven, eleven is who has eleven right now? Like not like so in real life. Who has Charlotte 11? has the deal, or Charlotte has oh, eleven yeah, yeah. in okay, real yeah. life. But they had made a previous trade with Toronto to move up. And Toronto had offered us some deals too. They really wanted to get rid of. Uh, they, they, Giannis, the guy, I'm, I'm sorry I'm laughing. If you're listening to this, I'm so sorry, Sean. But Sean Woodley uh, DM'd me and said, is there any way we can make a deal around uh, Jonas Valanciunas? And I almost just wanted to type back, like, just the laughing, crying, tears of joy emoji. Just like, no, there's no possible way. Uh, but not everybody knows that Mavericks is, like, as intimately as we do. <laughs> and, and knows their, like, their needs and wants and stuff. And I think some people will look at the Mavericks like, oh, they'll take anybody. You know, like, they'll take salary to try to do yeah. something. But that's not what the Mavericks are. So they wanted to get rid of Valanciunas. I was like, no, that's not going to work. Like, we're not going to take on. We have New Orleans and blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody listening to this podcast knows why that we wouldn't do that deal. Yeah. So they had offered us. So they really wanted to move up and get a guy. So they go up to 11 and they wanted og as well because as soon as og goes off the board of the kings sean emails everybody and goes well that threw a <laughs> that threw a wrench in what i was trying to do and so they took neely kena which oh yeah. for us i was like we were one pick away and the raptors had moved up to 11 and i really thought that neely kena was going to fall to us at, at 12 and we were going to get our cake and eat it too and we yeah. didn't because og went one pick higher than he should have gone yeah and i mean we we thought we thought we were some cool cats because, like, oh, Nilakina. We thought we were so <laughs> slick at that point. Nilakina would have been our guy at nine, and we're like, man, we just moved back three spots. Because there's a couple times where I just said, let's just go ahead and draft. Let's do the boring thing. Let's just go ahead and draft Nilakina at nine. Yeah, I was sort of giving up at that point, and you were still thinking a deal could be made. I'm and, all, uh, I'm all and then I was like, man. screw it. Let's just go with it. Let's go with the deal. See what happens. Maybe Nilakina falls, but if, if he doesn't, Donovan Mitchell will. So, yeah. So they oh, take. We were so close. They take Nilakina and. I wasn't like I mean we were like bummed but we selected Donovan Mitchell at the for the 12th pick which in the is draft. almost just as good yeah and I, I mean I'm really high on Mitchell you know Mitchell and OG those are two guys that I think could could really be sleepers in this draft and I've said before if Mitchell ends up better than Dennis Smith I wouldn't be surprised if OG ends up better than Jonathan Isaac I would not be surprised yeah um but yeah so we we grabbed Donovan Mitchell at 12 we were happy has 16 wingspan. We're going to do a, a prospect profile on him, I think. Yep. Yeah, we are. You know, a pod coming up pretty soon. So, yeah. So, we were happy with that. And then that was our pick. And we thought the day was done for us. <laughs> but I kept Will and Dylan, right? Because I wanted to get another pick. <laughs> so, after after the Maver- after we went at 12, we picked Donovan Mitchell. The Nuggets went and they took TJ Leaf, which I thought was kind of, yeah, kind of interesting. That's surprising. pretty high for him. Uh, the Heat took Justin Jackson at 14. The Blazers went with Zach Collins, which I thought was also sort of interesting. Putting him and Nurkic together is going to be interesting. But well, I think at that point, at 15, you just take Collins and 
make it work. Yeah. Uh, John Collins hadn't gone yet, which I thought was a little surprising because he's invited to the draft day and like a lot of people are pretty high on him. But I don't think hashtag we the media is as high on John Collins as like draft people are. Yeah. So uh, the Bulls went with Terrence Ferguson. Um, what Adelaide 36ers? Is that like a real thing? That's not a real team, right? In Australia. Wow. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Because Ferguson was 36ers. supposed to. I'm pretty sure Ferguson was supposed to go to Arizona and he didn't. And went to Australia instead. And I'm not as briefed on my Terrence Ferguson knowledge. Well, he didn't really do what he thought he was going to do, I don't think. Then the Bucks went with Jawan Evans. That was also sort of a surprise. He sort of leaped up um, boards. Yeah. But they need some point guard help. Then the Pacers took Luke Kennard. That's kind of just he fell I to wanna, him. And well, I want to mention some of the Pacers because, you know, we were wanting to get another first-round pick. Yeah. And so we want to get the other first-round pick. And, you know, Indy had already – written us because now they're in that mode of hey we want to get something you got to show paul george yeah to paul george so they had actually reached out to us about west matthews and i'm like i don't you know 18th pick is kind of you know whatever and like their salary they needed to match up salary with west too so that that's when (laughs) we had mentioned before they you know they'd offered monte ellis lavoy allen oh yeah this was one of the first picks we even this is one of the first trades we even talked about yeah they reached out to us really early and the 18th pick for west matthews and we end up turning it down monte and the 18th pick so we're bringing monte back this is before we had done the detroit deal so i just texted you back Seth and Monte as the backcourt for the Mavericks next year just makes my heart hurt. Like <laughs> no. that, that's not going to work out. And some people would be like, "No, bring back Monte," because there are dark portions of the season where people will tweet us, "Bring back Monte." So we we should have kept Monte. We should have just paid him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that doesn't happen with Chandler Parsons. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that's Dear not God, a thing. No. So then, uh, so they go. They go with Luke Kennard. They weren't ever. To, they weren't able to make a deal with anybody. The Hawks go with Jarrett Allen, which is also sort of interesting. You got the, the Dwight Howard thing um, there still. And then the Mavericks <laughs> strike another deal. So so with the with the Portland thing, you know, they they had already picked. We had our document. We had this whole thing to where people could put on there, you know, what you know, pretty much what they could who was shop. On the, who was on the block, what was available. Yeah, what they were looking for. Portland has three first round picks in this draft. The chances of them pulling all three, and is, they can't. Yeah, is, they can't keep all of them. It's slim. So, so yeah. So they're kind of they're in this boat saying, "Hey, we want to shed some cap. We have some bigger contracts like Mo Harkless, Leonard, um, Alan Alan Crab, and saying, "Hey, we'll give up one of those first round picks uh, for a quality veteran or whatever it is." And the Blazers can actually keep all their first round picks because of the new Yogi Ferrell rule that we wrote about at Mavs Fanatic, oh, yeah. which is the 16th and 17th roster spot. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that in. Okay. I forgot about that actually. Yeah, that's like the you can go between the D League and the NBA. There's a lot of stipulations and rules with it, but it's yeah. just basically two extra rosters. It'll be so. interesting. So anyway, so I reached out to him. Uh, I we previously put some of this um, some of these things on Twitter, like an idea of Crab is twenty three. Tw- yeah, twenty four now. Okay, so he's twenty four. So I reached out to Portland and said, "Hey, would an Allen Crab in the fifteenth overall pick?" for Wes Matthews work. My whole thinking behind that is, okay, Wes is probably going to pick up his player option for next year, which is around 18. So they're both around 18. Not this upcoming year, the year after. The year after. So Crab makes like 19 million a year. Yeah. It goes down to 18 and a half the year after, then an 18 and a half million dollar player option in the third year. Yeah. So for like three more years. So pretty much if. That he will definitely pick up. Here's here's my thing. 
We didn't win a ton of games last year. <laughs> Wesley Matthews. We were there. <laughs> for every home game. <laughs> Wesley Matthews didn't play like we thought he would without saying too much. Don't tell Portland that. We don't need to tell. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, so yeah. So my thinking, you know, our thinking is like, hey, if I'm going to pay somebody $18 million a year for the next couple of years, let's go with the 23-year-old crab. That has some more upside. Yeah, that we could develop into something. It's not ideal to look at our roster and say Alan Crab, you know, making 18, but we're getting the 15th pick, basically. Yeah. So the guy writes back and said, hey, that's really intriguing. You know, I like the idea, but would you do Crab in the 20th? Which in this draft is almost the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, so I texted Nick. Nick was on board. Yeah. I was on board. So we pulled the trigger. We traded Wes- Wesley Matthews to Portland for Allen Crab and the twentieth overall pick. You're adding two more million dollars of salary in, in flipping, um, in flipping Allen Crab and Wes Matthews. You're getting a younger guy with more upside. I mean, Allen Crab had a couple. He had a couple thirty point games or close to thirty point games this season. He had eight threes in a game. I mean, he can he can get hot and he can really light it up. Yeah. He's fine on defense. Um, you know, so he's just a guy that has more upside definitely than Wes Matthews does. So Yeah, and it, we're at this stage in Dallas to where whether you want to say Golden State plays into this equation at all, you know, yeah. as far as if you're not going to win a title, we're trying to get younger but still competing too. And this would be a move to where we would grab that extra first-round pick. So two first-round picks in the top 20 of this draft. I don't think we're trying to still competing with this model. The model that we used for this mock, this locked on draft for the Mavericks is not one that competes. You're you're giving yeah. you're giving away Seth for Stanley Johnson. <laughs> you know, like that's just not and you're trying to get more picks. We were definitely going for the full the full rebuild, like the full Salamedry. Well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely looking for the future, but I don't think we're like a top 3 pick next year. If we make all these deals, that's true. We're also we're not completely leveraging the present to where all we have is nineteen year olds on the team. Yeah, but so close. anyway, we're getting close there. But. So we made that trade with the twentieth pick, like somewhere after our pick at twelve. Yeah. So we picked up the twentieth pick. So we're watching some of these names, and like you know, Kennard is getting some love really high. You know, he's about to work out for the Knicks. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> and then the Knicks have the eighth pick. So, so like we're the Knicks go with Kennard. That just that the that Mavericks get a good player if the if the Knicks pick Kennard. <laughs> I think our draft party at the American Airlines. So like we're gonna be there. Nick yeah. and I will be mm-hmm. there um, for draft night at the American Airlines Center. Uh, the media we're having this like draft party. Hashtag we the media. Yeah, and uh, we're supposed to talk to Donnie and Rick and stuff after the Mavs make their pick and stuff. But anyway, let's just say if Kennard. Goes before what, the Mavs pick. What's Rick gonna say? By the way, that, that just made me think about like, yep, we uh, got this young guy, and yeah, uh, he's, yeah, uh, we liked him. He shows a lot of potential. We can't wait for him to get in here and just get to work. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. That's what he's gonna say. Uh, but anyway, so we're like watching some of these names. We're like, man, if Kennard makes it to twenty, then we have to take him. You know, that's yeah. just like some talent and stuff. Mm-hmm. But so he goes eighteen to the Pacers. It gets to us at twentieth, and. There were some people on the board. You know, John Collins was still on the board. Justin Patton, um, the big man out of Creighton that's kind of raw. People Harry are talking Giles. about Harry Giles. The guy from SMU. The Simi Ojale, you know, which I really like him a lot. Um, so, yeah, some of those names are still on the board. The guy that I really like is, I can't pronounce it at all, the big Pasinix, uh, the big seven-foot, oh, yeah, yeah. seven-two guy. Um, that from By the a, way, if you see the workout video, and you pointed this out to me, but if you see the workout video of a whole bunch of dudes standing around an empty gym and uh, 
the guy I think Draft Express shared this where it was just a video of him just going to town on an empty rim and just yeah. you know looking really good and running. He's a, you know isn't he like seven three? Yeah, and he runs you know runs like probably better than Porzingis does. Yeah, really he's dunking and hitting threes. Look right under the basket. You pointed this out to me and tweet us if you find out who's right under the basket. Yeah, during that workout. So this is you know potential for the Mavericks. Yeah, so I mean he's definitely he'd definitely a raw prospect and somebody might put some put some in the D League and all that. But we went with somebody with upside and went somewhat we went with Harry Giles at the twentieth pick out of Duke. And he's a guy that, you know, some people say, hey, with his injuries, he could you know, if he didn't have his injuries he would be a top ten pick. You know, what he's a what if. You know, if a team works him out, checks his medical stuff, looks at his ACLs and say Hey, you know, like Dallas did with Nerlens before they made the yep. trade. You know, like, hey, we you know, we're comfortable with that, and so we thought we just outweighed it and said, hey, with the twentieth pick, we'll take Harry Giles, put him in our system, you know, come out of this draft with Harry Giles and Donovan Mitchell, and see what happens. Yeah, and that's it's the highest upside. I think Nerlens is probably the not necessarily the ceiling for Harry Giles, but that's a best that's a real good case scenario for him to come into to you know to be a defensive monster, to be a rim runner, to be a guy. He's a little bit more offensively than Nerlens Noel did coming out of Kentucky, but there's another guy that came out of Kentucky that I think this guy could also become, which I think is the worst case scenario. Who? Do you remember Daniel Orton? Yeah. Oh, please didn't he, no. didn't he play behind DeMarcus Cousins? <laughs> he basically got buried on the on the uh, the bench. And there was this article that came out when around when he got drafted that like, oh, Daniel Orton wants to is going to prove in the NBA that he is, you know, like a real guy. He's a guy that didn't get showcased at Kentucky at all, barely got any playing time, but this guy is for real. He can really play. And then he just fizzled out of the league. Like I think this yeah. that could also that's that's definitely his floor where he's a guy that was on Duke, was playing behind some really good guys, didn't get a ton of playing time, and there's either a reason for that or it's just that there was just too many guys on Duke and they wanted to win now. Yeah, and the difference between him and Orton is Giles was oh, national, players, nationally the number one player coming out of high right, school, right, right. Re- very heralded t- you know, player, tore his ACL in high school, had another injury at his senior high school that – a lot of people say, you know, contributed to his like really slow start at Duke. He didn't start off playing right right away at Duke. He they kind of eased him in, but then even but then yeah, I mean, did like we said before, I watched a lot of ACC ball this past year, and he kind of looked like he had like cinder blocks tied to his feet sometimes, <laughs> and just like kind of walk around. But which is a guy that his athleticism was one of his highest traits, and you're yeah. like that's not something you want to see. But there's still i mean there's still a lot of intrigue with him and yeah. you read a lot of stuff Super from, from after pre-draft workouts that some people are like hey do not be surprised if he goes 11 12 13 yeah. you know somewhere through there like out of a team saying hey let's let's swing for the fences and take him and we're basically getting a free pick here we're flipping like would you do west matthews for for alan crab straight up <laughs> i knew he's gonna i think that. we might do that like I the maps might like we might do that you're getting a little bit more salary, yeah. Just a little bit more, like like a million, two million, one and a half million to two million more. That's what, like eight years younger. Yeah, he might shoot it better from three pointer this year because Wes <laughs> has not been that great from three. He definitely had some slumps where he was like twenty eight percent. So basically, so in a vacuum, I might do that. Then adding a pick, you're like, all right, this is sort of a free pick, and let's uh, let's swing for the fences with this one. So basically, we'll just lay it out there for you. Basically, we turned Seth Curry. Wesley Matthews, Dwight Powell, and the ninth overall pick into Stanley Johnson, Alan Crabb, Marcus Morris, the 12th pick, and 
the 20th pick. Ding, ding, ding. So we we shed Wesley Matthews' contract for a younger one. We got two. Got rid of Dwight Powell's contract completely. (sighs) That's that's worth it. There was an extra year on Dwight Powell's contract that we got rid of because we basically flipped him for Marcus Morris, and uh, Morris had one less one less year, and it was ten million dollars overall cheaper. So right now with the inclusive total, like if you include everybody and put Nerlens Noel at his cap hold, which is. Uh, ten point nine million, which is definitely going to be higher than that. His his contract will be higher than that. That's what his cap hold is, and a cap hold is, it's basically an estimate of what they think this player is going to make on the open market to uh, ensure that teams don't just sign everybody and then sign Nerlens Noel into their cap space that they don't have. Basically, so like mm-hmm. let's say the Mavericks they do, they, have, they save to sign Nerlens Noel, like they have his rights. And then all of a sudden they just they go over the cap. Then they sign Nerlens Noel on top of that just to like add. It's basically trying to not allow teams to get Kevin Durant, <laughs> you yeah. know, or like to, to try not to get the Warriors to get Kevin Durant in a way, in in that sort of deal. So his cap hold is just about eleven million. And then um, with that and Dirk's twenty five million dollar that is a team option that might not be picked up and might be um, in full. We ended with 104 million, including both of the the picks. So, the uh, the twelfth pick is at 2.3 million, and the twentieth pick is at 1.5 million. So, with all of that being said, we're at 104 million dollars in salary, which the cap is talked about as being anywhere between 1.1 million and 1.6 million. And I wanted to say this too: if you don't know how they decide the cap number, there's this thing called BPI, and it's a uh, you said or one o one yeah 101 million or 106 million it's okay. anywhere between there so the maps could be right under the cap if uh so this thing called bpi it's basically the um how they evaluate the revenue that came into the nba it's just uh, is it bpi or rpi i think it's rpi i'm sorry <laughs> revenue yeah, i was like what is you're the, the one who what went is the to B? like salary camp what does the b camp. stand for anyway so they they evaluate how much money basically the league made and then they they take a percentage of that which is the thing that you heard about with the you know, the players associated wanting the wanting their fifty one million wanting their fifty one percent back of the deal, blah blah blah. So you, if you remember all that in the negotiations two thousand eleven when they had the lockout, that's basically what they were fighting over. <laughs> so they get a percentage of this. The players get a percentage of this. So whatever, um, and right now I think the the players are at like forty something percent. Like the, the owners are like fifty seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. I have those numbers wrong, but they have they have significantly more than the players do right now because the league was in a bad spot nick i'm just gonna be honest with you i'm i don't know any of this stuff and so the players get a they get a, a, a set percentage of whatever the whole revenue for the league was so after the season they they estimate what it is and then they'll announce basically what the whole salary is so we don't know what the salary cap is going to be next year mm-hmm. a lot of people are like tweeting us like what if we do this deal and i'm like we can't do that with salaries they're like but the, the cap's gonna go up it doesn't just arbitrarily go up <laughs> it goes there's a reason why it went up because the i think it'll be around like 104 but yeah. this, this is why i'm friends with you <laughs> so it goes up so they're thinking between 101 and 106 like smarter people than me you know eric pinkus larry coon nate duncan those guys are thinking that it's going to be around there um so they would be over the cap if it's a 101 salary cap they'd be over by about three million and that's not including nerland snowell's you know, deal that he's going to get. So let's say Nerlens Noel gets twenty million. Then all of a sudden, the Mavericks are in interesting territory. Um, can I go through our depth chart real quick? Let me do it real, real quick. So if are you Nerlens, doing the salary? Yeah, get twenty bad. million. Then, um, then all of a sudden, like that's just a 
it's a hard place for the Mavericks to be in. There'll be twelve million over the cap, which is in the luxury tax, which is you're paying you're paying taxes for this team that's not going to probably make the playoffs again next year. Yeah, but who's paying those taxes? Oh, Mark Cuban. Oh, Mark Cuban. <laughs> and so there's things that you can do. You can get rid of um, Devin Harris's contract. That's about four and a half million. You can get rid of any of of these players. You can get rid of Liggins. You can get rid of Farrell. You can get rid of Finney Smith, uh, Bersino, Utah, which I think Utah will end up not being on the roster. So you could do all that. That doesn't. Hammonds. It doesn't end up. No Hammonds is guaranteed. You can end up being um, like any of those players. You can end up getting getting rid of and cutting without you know really losing anything. Yeah. And then there's Dirk's contract. Dirk's contract is right now at twenty five million dollar team option. We're we're getting to the nitty gritty right now, guys. This is what you get on the lockdown maps. <laughs> we I got my cap sheet in front of me. I got you know, my calculator open. Like we're we're diving into this. This is what you get on lockdown maps. So, all right. So you do that, and then. Um, Dirk could take uh, less. Like he could take, let's say Dirk takes thirteen million. Then right there, you you got cap space. <laughs> you know, you actually have cap space with that, and you're right under the you right under the tax if you get rid of one of those players that I mentioned earlier. So that is potent. That's that's definitely what it could end up being. And so I think we made really good moves. We added young players. We we lowered the age, and you, you can talk about the depth chart, but I we lowered the age. The average age of the roster, if the Mavericks just stay pat and they take Neil Aquina, is 26.4. If the Mavericks do what we did and do all the stuff that we did and end up getting Harry Giles and Mitchell and Johnson and, and get rid of Dwight Powell, get rid of Wes Matthews, they, uh, the average age is 25.4. Hmm. So we lowered the average age of the roster by a whole year, which is really hard to do, especially with a team that has 38-year-old Dirk. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so with the with – the- construction or whatever you want to call it for what we just made i feel like i just didn't make sense for like 10 minutes there no you did <laughs> you made completely sense especially all these like math nerds out there they're like in their calculus class Gosh. and they're just freaking out like and like, i wasn't even the guy that knew the most about the cap at that at that camp i basically you know band camp i basically did that for basketball salary cap camp you took sports your little, business classroom is band camp for basketball <laughs> you took your it little was sleeping bag out to vegas <laughs> No, we stayed. We stayed at the Palms Casino Resort, and it was nice. Y'all made room, a little campfire with room your calculators. All to myself, the Wi-Fi was awful, and that's how you know you're in a good hotel. Nick's over there with like Larry King with calculators, spelling hello, was, and then turning it upside down. Like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I was following around uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, and I actually was doing that. Breaking news. I would just follow him around to see what he was doing on his phone and try to see what was on his phone. <laughs> oh, so creepy. Such a creepy person. So, so the depth chart. In this situation, I would assume it would be Yogi at point. To start the season, it would be Yogi at point, Alan Crabb at the two, Barnes, Dirk, and Nerlens. Second unit would consist something of, let's just say, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell at the two, then Devin, Stanley Johnson, Marcus Morris, and Salah. And then you still have to fill out the 15-man roster, not including the two D-League spots, J.J. Barea, Finney Smith and Harry Giles. Harry Giles seemed like a, a prime subject in this opportunity to go to the Legends, play a little bit down there. Yeah, he would, if the Mavericks go, if the Mavericks do this, they would he would definitely be one of those 16-17s that goes between the D League. Yeah, but like and if that he would comes be out, fun to watch him on the on the, the Legends. Yeah, I think it would. that would be awesome. But if he like came out and just like killed it, I mean that would be he could he, definitely take Hammond's spot. Yeah, I mean, even maybe Salas backing up Nerlens at the yeah. five. So, 
I don't know. Salah had a 16 and 17 game this year. Hey, I like Salah. <laughs> I think he's one of the like literally the most one of the most underrated backup centers in the league for his like price. Oh, he does what you want for a backup center. Yeah, he, he makes rebounds like, and he gets blocks. And he doesn't give a crap, man. Like, no, he does not. There's so many players that that do give a crap, and he does not give a crap. Like, there's a funny video that I, I made earlier this year that uh, has Salah and Roy Hibbert going at it in Charlotte. <laughs> they're going after a loose ball and Salah has the ball like this he's holding the ball he's looking at the ref and then all of a sudden Roy Hibbert comes and grabs the ball and throws him on the ground and Salah just like looks at the ref as he's falling down <laughs> it's kind of funny so you go to Mass Fanatic's YouTube him. video and yeah teams he gets under people's skin teams hate Salah Trevor Ariza hates Salah <laughs> but uh yeah uh Patrick Beverly really hate you remember yeah, that night that's true yeah oh was, my gosh I, I was actually out of town that night and i started getting texts from people that are there and like ariza's waiting outside the locker room for salah and it was and mess. beverly was with beverly was like yelling at like carlisle and crap and it was weird so yeah that's one thing we should do in the office we should talk about that night because that was crazy crazy night um i mean yeah you have yogi and crab as your backcourt as far as guards, and then off the bench, you have Devin and JJ still, and you have Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. So, like, you know, could you groom Donovan Mitchell enough to come in to be your starting point guard to take over Yogi's spot? And then on the wing, I mean, you could really alternate anybody through there. If Dirk goes out, you can, you'd can you have Alan Crabb, Barnes, Stanley Johnson, Finney Smith. All play at the same time. Marcus Morris. I mean, these are all what we talk about in today's Interchangeable NBA. Interchangeable parts. Wing players, all what? What did you say? Crab is six six. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. let's just say six six. You know, through six nine, that could that could play a lot of these spots. Marcus Morris, even if Harry Giles gets, you know, does his thing. So you have plenty of players through there that could guard multiple positions, and and then you still have obviously, obviously Nerlens at at the center spot. So. How on a scale of one to ten, how happy would you be if this actually played out in real life? I'd be ecstatic because oh, me too. Th- I mean, it would be a lot of really young players to cover, a lot of really young players for the Mavericks to to focus on. It would it would guarantee to us that they are looking towards the rebuild and looking towards the future, which is something that we questioned all season last year until they made the Nerlens deal, and uh, and even when they made the Nerlens deal, because you're basically flipping Justin Anderson for Nerlens and like. <laughs> yeah, and you're not necessarily getting younger with that deal. <laughs> you mentioned Nerlens's age the other day, and you know Josh Hart out of Villanova. Yeah, that you know he's going to get drafted probably the end of the first round, first to the second round, or whatever. I don't think he got taken in and, this draft. In this, in this, in you know, coming draft. draft, he's 22. That's <laughs> what Nerlens is. You know, that's what <laughs> Nerlens is would be the same age as a senior coming out of college right now into this draft, and yeah. so that gives perspective. Of, well, we talked about yesterday that Malcolm Brogdon is older than Nerlens. Yeah, <laughs> and he was a rookie last year. That's crazy. It feels like Nerlens is in Philly for like the beginning Forever. of. He was with Rocky, you know. He was the first Hinky pick. <laughs> the first Hinky pick. He was. I think he ran up the stairs with Rocky. <laughs> So like what, like a four-year-old? <laughs> he was Apollo's son. So, well, just for just for kicks and giggles, the rest of the draft went like this: the Thunder took, uh, oh, you have to pronounce his name for me, Semi Ojale. Did you just say kicks and giggles? Yeah, the Nets were at twenty-two, and they took Justin Patton from Creighton. Uh, the Hornets ended up being at twenty-three. They made another trade. They went with John Collins. The well, Jet. that's where they traded down from with Toronto. Oh, right, right. They traded with Toronto, so they flipped their picks. Went with John Collins, which is a weird pick for me. Uh, 24, the Jazz went with Tony Bradley. Let's go, UNC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Magic were at 25, and they picked DJ Wilson from Michigan. He's interesting. The Blazers at 26 went with Jordan Bell from Oregon. I love him. 
The Utah Jazz made another trade to get to 27. Uh, I don't remember that trade being announced, but uh, I think well, I think they swip swap. I think Utah went from 30th to 27th because Utah owns Golden State's pick, which is the 20th. Ah, uh, right, yeah. yeah. So okay. Utah that is what switched with the Nets, and the Meta gives up something obviously to move up like three or four spots. But they got Derek White, which is kind of gaining a little steam a little bit. Yeah, so Utah took Derek White. The Clippers, um, another trade at 28. With Frank Clippers Jackson. don't have a first round pick, so they moved into the draft. And they made that trade with the Lakers, and they took on that was a that was an interesting trade. Did you see that trade? I didn't know. Okay, so I'm I'm pretty sure it, we were in it. And I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were done at this point. But yeah. but you know these are like you know I, I want to see the, how these reporters are thinking. And so they made a trade with the Lakers straight. You know the two LA teams and the Clippers. Oh, took, I do took, remember this. Took yeah, back yeah. Luol Deng. And, and Corey and Corey Brewer and Corey Brewer for the twenty eighth pick, and then they sent out Jamal Crawford and somebody else. Oh, Wes West Johnson West, because he yeah. used to play on the Lakers. West West Johnson. I, I remember looking at this trade and going, "How does this work? How do the how do the Clippers bring back Luol Deng? And they have a couple guys that are on like uh like one year deals from last year that aren't going to be picked up. Like JJ, if they don't sign JJ Redick, like this basically. Yeah caps them from getting J.J. Redick back, which I don't, not, I'm don't. i not sure if those guys on Lockdown Clippers, if they know that J.J. Redick's gone or not, but... He's gone. They Yeah, a lot of people do think that he's, <laughs> he's gone. gone. So if, way, if he's gone either way. he's gone, they can make back. that deal. They bring back Lou Aldang. They get back into the first round, and then the Lakers get rid of Lou Aldang, basically. <laughs> and they, yeah. they get back Wes Johnson, they pretty much, who is a non-factor for them. and <laughs> They pretty much get out of the Lou Aldang contract and give up the 28th pick to get... Jamal Crawford. And they only gave up Lou Aldang for that 28th pick. So you're, or not Lou Aldang, uh, Lou Williams. So you're giving up oh, yeah. Lou Williams to get out of Lou Aldang's contract. It's fair. And you get Jamal Crawford, which <laughs> and, yeah. I'm a huge, I'm, I love Jamal Crawford. Which he gives you almost just as much as Lou Williams was giving you, you know? Yeah. Probably, like, definitely not as good of a player now. But. I don't know why the Clippers would want a rookie because they never freaking play their rookies, man. Well, they got Lou Aldang, so. They got, yeah. <laughs> he actually could start for them because uh, Mamute is a free agent, I think. And he's, in a he's weird probably going to get some money, but. Imagine if they re-signed all those guys and have Luol Deng. That's, that's JJ Reddick's about to get like deal. eighteen million from Philly, like, and he would be the perfect spot in Philly, like a veteran <laughs> shooter to play along yeah. Ben Simmons. But so then the Spurs went with Caleb Swanigan, Swanigan from Purdue, and the Nets uh, with that trade with Utah, they get Frank Mason from Kansas. So that's how the first round went out. We didn't do a second round. Ooh, that would be. I would have <laughs> traded into that second oh, round. Oh man, don't, don't doubt me. And get your guy, the the seven foot three center. So that's yeah, that's how win. we ended up. We ended up with a really good spot. Um, tell let us know how you think we did. Tweet us at Nick Van Exit at Isaac Harris NBA at Locked On Mavs. Tweet us and let us know what you think, how we think we did, because we thought we did good, but we'll see. I was more than ecstatic. <laughs> I was so happy, and I would be thrilled if this happened. It's not going to happen because you never see a team make th- this much moves during draft night and yeah. multiple moves, but. I don't know. I like the intrigue, especially going forward, a young core. Didn't uh, the Mavericks make two deals with the, the Shane Larkin draft? They moved down a little bit. I think they made another You know deal Shane Larkin's like straight balling in Europe right now. He's coming back. Yeah. No. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Please rate and review the podcast. Hope you appreciated this bonus pod. Thanks so much for the feedback, and uh, check back with us tomorrow. We're talking about uh, Laurie Markkinen. Peace out.